0: hello everyone
2: and welcome to another edition of the joshi dreamcast here on fightful overbooked with me today is matt turner the host of the stardom cast and we're here to talk about the final of the five star grand prix a very very exciting great show and i didn't think there would be anyone better to come on and talk about it than you matt matt how are you doing today
3: I'm excellent, my friend. Scott, always good to see you. Good to talk to you. How you doing today on this? Uh, I don't know where you're in the world, but it's very rainy and uh, dreary in the middle yeah. of nowhere, Pennsylvania, where I'm at.
2: It's, it's dreary here in Massachusetts as well. It's... Uh... No rain yet, but it's in the forecast, so I'm just awaiting it. But yeah, I mean, what better way to lift a dreary day than talking about stardom? Right? Am, am I right? Especially this,
3: especially this show, man. I watch. Don't tell anybody this, Scott. Keep this between me and you. But I watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I watch a <laughs> lot too. of wrestling, and to me, this was uh, what happened on uh, you know, Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on wherever you were in the world. That was. It's by far the show of the year, and, and this is yeah. the year in 2022 that we've had a lot of fantastic shows, but to me, this was absolutely the show of the year.
2: Yeah, if you were to look at my like top ten shows of the year, Stardom takes up probably at least half the field. I have eight. But, they have eight in my top ten. But, <laughs> but this, I think this walks away just like last year as show of the year for me. I thought last year's final was, you know, simply amazing with you know, the rise of Shuri and all the matches they had on here, but somehow it, it almost feels like as a complete show, they did even better this year. I don't know. I don't know if I can compare the two cause they're both so fantastic and both so different, but between Julia's story, right. With the two matches that she had and I, you know, I, I, We'll get to this later, but the Mayu, Iwatani, and Starlight Kid match is just such a special one to me. And, you know, there's just so many ways to go. Momo and Hazuki, Shuri and Risa Sara, just the whole card, right? (laughs) Yeah.
3: You know what? And I want to get this in because I'll I'll, I'll, I'll forget about it. It's going to be something that probably everybody else forgot. But God bless Momo, Kogo, and Yunagi. To literally mm. they're they literally put in the dead spot on the yeah. show. Pack card, you had the really good Sayakamatani, Ami Sori match. That was really good. And then you follow that with Mayu versus Starlight Kid, which I really have to sit down and think, but I think that's my all-time favorite Starlight Kid match. I think it's it was mm. slightly better than the Saya Championship match from a few months ago. And then you have the emotion between Julia and Suzu Suzuki, and then we finally get the blue star block winner. We take a breath, and poor – here comes Yunagi and poor Momo yeah. Kogo, who can't – who they're both low, low points. Like, you know, like everybody's exhausted. Now we got to figure out this whole Red Stars block debacle going in, which is a genius booking by uh, Rasio Gao and Stardom. And the two of them are just like, you know what? we got a couple minutes. Let's, let's make the most of it. And th- those two, God bless Momo and Yunagi, they didn't waste a single second. As soon as that bell rang, they took advantage every second they had – and like i don't think enough people again because there's so much awesome stuff that happened in that show yeah. not a lot of people are talking about how just momo and yunagi did absolutely a fantastic work in the terrible spot and rightfully yeah. so that they that they were put in
2: yeah they their spot was so difficult right cuz the way they book these shows you do one block then the other block so it's like it's almost like it's two shows in one you reset yeah. halfway through so like you said they they had that dead spot and I do think that, you know, I I think the way I tweeted out was like, you know, no one may care, but I think Odagi and Momokogu did a really good job, all things considered. Yeah, um, God bless them. In what spot they had. And yeah, we'll start at the head of the show, of course, because I think really you just had two blocks, two shows, essentially, like I said. Um, and if you were to break, you know, if you were to break both blocks into two shows, they're two Top shows of the year, right? That's how great yeah. they were in their own ways. Uh, we'll we'll lump in the final to that Red Stars block to just you know complete that one. But starting with the Blue Stars block here, you know you start off with Marai and Saida, and and I've been talking about this throughout the whole tournament. I don't think anyone, you know, proved themselves more than Mariah in terms of, right, Right, she received the big push out of the gate, she won the Cinderella tournament, title match after title match after title match, and I think some people were like, all right, well, let's see. And then I think she goes into this tournament, figured out who she is completely as a wrestler, and she just feels like she has all the confidence in the world now. And I thought sayida played her part well i think these two have great chemistry as we saw back at and world climax as well i think a lot of people forget about that match um but i think mariah has really done her job in showing that and it helped that she didn't have the spotlight on her the entire time this time around too right because with the cinderella and the title matches it's like all right you have to no matter what prove it each and every time out there This way, she got to have main event matches, but also matches lower on the card against talents and really show what she's made of as a complete performer.
3: Yeah, and Saida was great, too. I mean, you knew what you were going to get in this match. Like I always say, if you go to Steakhouse and you order a steak, you're going to get steak. If you have Saida and Mariah in a match, you know you're going to get shoulder tackles. You're going to get chops. You're going to get stiff strikes. You're going to have really tight holds. Like, and I I even wrote in my notes for, I literally have noted every single match in this tournament in an old school notebook because I'm just old school that way. But the way Sai like works a headlock or puts on a headlock, there's no daylight there's no daylight and literally looks like here's Saida, like all five foot nothing but jacked looks like she's going to take your you're literally just going to take your head you know uh, your head off just based on the headlock and then the two of them spill outside and they decide to have a lariat off outside and they realize if we don't go inside we're going to get counted out they go back inside they figured let's continue this lariat off it was amazing
2: yeah and right they they're kicking off this pay-per-view which is a big spot, right? Cause the anticipation and excitement, it's at an all time high for this show. So you got to kick it into gear the right way. And I think they did that. Um, just applause to both of them. I think both had really good terms. I think everyone had good tournaments, yeah. truthfully, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I did want to give credit to site for, you know, being in the lower role, obviously, but she gave really good performances. I think she made her opponents, you know, always looks so good and her fire and excitement really raises up the mood i think as a viewer um so credit to her there Uh, of course the next match natsupoy versus mina Shirakawa. big storytelling type match the cosmic angels collide right we we've seen that mina eh, you know she wasn't all that happy when natsupoy joined but by the end, you're right, we saw the photos of them uh Mina you know taking care of Natsupoy after icing her knee up. <laughs> yeah, which That's Tam's job. That's Tam's job. Exactly. <laughs> she might have been icing
3: her neck after that final.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. Tam was probably like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm not I'm not I'm not ready for this. Um I thought this match was uh better than I expected in ways that Natsupoy really got beat up in this match. Like those those dragon screws and the figure four, like, she took a beating. And Mina really, I think, showcased kind of what she's been doing in this tournament, right? Like, she got a big win to end it. And I think she really, she definitely raised her stock in uh, a lot of ways throughout.
3: Yeah, nobody in this tournament, uh, to me, improved their game more. Than Mina. I mean, I think it was just announced that she's getting a white belt title shot on a pay per view. Um, mm-hmm. No, and I kind of on my, you know, on my podcast, the Stardom Cast, I talk a lot about how Mina's. You can see the little things she's doing to slowly improve in these tag matches going up, and I kind of figured she would blow it out of the water. Surprisingly, in the five star, so really turn a lot of heads, but I didn't think she was going to do this well. Um, I mean, Mm. she really, every one of her matches, she just knocked it out of the performance. And, you know, even, I think she finished with 10 points. So, and there's an old saying: it's not who goes over, it's who gets over. And nobody went from like mid Carter to like, we can put her in title matches now and trust her because she's so good. And she's so charismatic. Like it's one thing to be good bell to bell, but she's good from curtain to curtain. Like as soon as she cuts the curtain, she's just so striking. She's, you know, she's, she just. Uh, the camera just finds her like she's so easy yeah. to like, and she's so good in the ring. And now she adds in like this great mood of style psychology where she does the low drop kick to the knee and she's doing the dragon screws. And then she's, you know, even uh, throwing out some of the Liger stuff with the, uh, the, the combo kick. And then the, uh, the, she tried the, uh, the surfboard um uh, yeah. a few shows ago. And then obviously working the figure four and in her striking has gotten so much better. And then if you, you know, if you follow her on social media, you see that she's working with a kickboxing coach. So, and then she did a good job putting that stuff up on Twitter leading up to the five star where her first match was against Momo, who, I mean, Momo kicks you. It's like a tree is going to hit you. So that was really good there. And then another thing, like poor Natsupoy, you know, you said she got beat up in this match. I don't know if Natsupoy owes the locker room and started money. Cause it wasn't just this match.
0: It yeah. was Suzuki.
3: It was Hazuki. Uh, not only the Suzuki single match, but the, the FWC versus Tam and Natsupoy tag title match that took place in the middle of this tournament. Hozuki beats the crap out of her there. Mayu beats the crap out of her. Obviously Julie was going to be, yep. you know, a little bit stiff ski towards her, but it was just like, I don't know if she's been ribbing people in the locker room and she's got <laughs> heat or if there's a bounty on her. or There's like an inside yep. rib, but poor Natsupoy, it just, just took a, beating in this tournament but she did have a really really good showing uh in this tournament this match was really really good and i think this uh they did a right i think they the right person went over here just for the role that mina was on and then for her to beat sayakama Kamatani just a few shows ago in cork and hall and an absolute show stealer of a match for her to be a champion in her own faction and not to someone that's been heavily pushed for a long time now and rightfully so now you're getting more steam built up on her as she goes into her title match with sayakama Kamatani.
2: I couldn't agree more. You know, I uh, it, it, it's it's the little things that Stardom does in their booking that absolutely really go such a long way. Um, and speaking of that, I think the next match kind of showcases that as well, which was Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe. Hazuki looking to win the block, right? She, a win, and she has an inside track. She just needs Julia to lose her tie, um, and she's in. And she's going against Mo Watanabe, someone that she has so much history with, so much, you know, love-hate relationship in a lot of ways. Um if you watch their matches, you might think it's a little more hate, but uh they they don't have a they don't have a bad match in their body, right? They are so good together. This is one of my favorites of the night because it's just so violent. They're just so violent against one another. You know, you got Hazuki who just you know, she shoots out of a cannon, and then she doesn't slow down, right? Uh, she, was, she was putting some stink on those kicks to Momo throughout the match. And, and her hitting that brain buster, the brain buster, looking like it's getting the one, two, three, and a way to tie screws her over, right? There was a visual pin there that Hazuki was winning this tournament, essentially. Because as we know, Julie and Suzu went to the draw, and Hazuki would have been in if that counted. So a visual pin there. Hazuki is on the cusp once again of winning a tournament and losing right before, right? Losing right before. She drops five straight after winning the first seven. Uh, Momo just putting an end to her with the Peach Thunder. These two, again, can't have a bad match, but their story and the way we've seen Momo and Hazuki work together this year has been really, really good. And it's going to probably end the year as one of the more underrated stories in stardom.
3: Yeah, I said going into this tournament, my all-time favorite Huzuki match was that white belt match that her and Momo, uh, Momo Watanabe had back in 2018. Because that was just violence on top of violence. But then, you know, they had a phenomenal match on night two, a world climax. And yeah. now we're getting the, the script, you know, flipped here. Obviously, this is Suzuki comes right out of the gate. Winning seven matches in a row, and then we're all scratching our heads, thinking, Well, we thought Julia was taking this now. All of a sudden, it looks like what's <laughs> going to do it have with Hazuki. That's the great thing about the booking of Stardom or just any really good booking is that we yeah. think going in, okay, it's going to be Okada Tanahashi, you know, but the G1, and they <laughs> mess with you a little bit and then they bring it back. So it's like when Julia goes down 02 and Hazuki just running through the field, that everyone's just like, Well, maybe they're going to put strap the rocket to Hazuki, which I think they're eventually going to. You know, I said that, that it's cool. going to, you know. Saya Kamatani's having this all-time banger white belt reign. I mean, if her reign was to end tomorrow, you can make an argument it's the greatest, you know, wonder of stardom reign uh ever, but I think there's going to be a lot more matches for Saya, but I think somewhere in the beginning of next year, I think it's going to be Hazuki to end that white belt reign. So they did a good job building her up in this tournament and then breaking her down a little. And yeah, you know, like yeah. you alluded to just a minute ago, Scott, Hazuki does come right out of the gate. Ready to go, and Mo- no one knows that more than Momo. And now we have a heel yeah. moment. we have a different Momo. So Uzuki didn't even get in the ring, and then Momo cuts her off. just "I don't want to build that momentum, and I'm, I'm a dirty heel." And uh, yeah, Momo Watanabe is as good as a tournament she had last year. and uh, She had a fantastic tournament. Obviously, this is, it's different because she's doing some heel tactics. You know, the wrench it either makes her or breaks her. We saw it in the first match with Mina. She went for the yeah. wrench. She gets distracted. She got rolled up. Where uh, you know the, the, some of the wrench stuff she did with Julia and Mayu. It helped her get some victories. And she almost had like a reverse Suzuki. where Momo was like win-loss, win-loss, you know, lose yeah. a couple. And then she she hit some bangers uh out at the end. Yeah. She beat Suzuki here, she beat my I think she beat Julia. With well, those are like the last she three. She did. That yeah, I mean, those three. Those are kind That's of some as big, big names as you there. Can get. <laughs> yeah. Those are some uh those are some big names there, and it sets up a lot of stuff, you know, for, yeah. for the future. But yeah, I think obviously this Huzuki Momo Wantanabe feud is not over. I think maybe they'll have the blow off of their match, um, at Dream Queendom. I think they're going to do either do a big Hazuki Momo match or Utami Momo because they, they never, they never touched on that singles match from the turn, you know, 10 months ago. Right. So there's a lot they can do here. But yeah, this match was, I knew it was going to be great and it was great. And it was, it was the third match in. I was like, geez, you could have main evented with, you could have main event it with that.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was fantastic, and I think the only reason it won't be talked about as much is because of what followed, right? Like you said, it came so early in the show. It's like, oh man, so much happened after. How am I supposed to remember this, right? Yeah, I need um, a nap. <laughs> but yeah, like these two are just so so good. They have all the chemistry. Um, I I loved watching these two go head to head. I'll never get sick of it, right? I'll never get sick now, of now.
3: And, and, and you know better than me, Scott. But Hazuki has never beaten Momo in a singles match, right? Um, I don't think she has I don't I, think she has either. And the reason why I bring that up is because look at how Hazuki almost finished her. She hits the Huzuki driver, Ascent on three Hazuki drivers, back to back to back. Yeah. And then the brain busted. So it's like I've never beaten this girl before. I need to beat her so I can go on to the finals. So I just use this death finish and yeah. then Oito ties does the pull out. They don't use too much I'm not a big fan of interference, but the way that like Momo Kin and even yeah. um even Kigetsu back in the day would just do just a little bit of interference where it's not too much, but it's enough yeah. to get heel heat. And that was genius here. Absolute
2: genius. I yeah, I think I think their story is Suzuki just can't get past Momo. I think yeah. she's probably beat her like when they were younger, younger. But when it comes to the big matches, Hazuki can't get it done against Momo. And I think that's just such a great story to play off of. And it'll probably come back into play, right, when – uh Hazuki is champion of some sort. That'll be a big time main event match you can run. Uh, because she'll be trying to get it done. She'll be trying like, to yeah. save her. it's Absolutely. the match she needs, right? Like we just saw the high speed match where Azumi wanted to fight Hazuki, right? Like that was this kind of the same thing. She's like, I need to win a match that Hazuki's in for this high speed title. She did that. And it's the same thing. Now Hazuki needs to beat Momo when the stakes are on the line. She couldn't do it here. But the heel work again is mostly the reason. Also, Momo's in her sting era now. She uses a bat. She uses a baseball bat. She swings to the and fences now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> bat and a wrench and a chair. She's she's going crazy now. Yeah. Uh, but but our next match here was Saya Kamatani versus Ami Serae, ending in a double countout, which I can understand. Uh, you know, people definitely wish it was a normal finish, or you know, something like that, because you always want. The main finish, but ultimately it keeps Ami Sorey strong, right? Heading into her future Stardom title match with Hanan, she had a great tournament. She got eleven points. You know, she had a strong tournament for her first time in there. Saya Kamitani, Wonder Stardom champion, right? You know, she's fine. She'll be yeah. fine. Um, I think this match was interesting because you know you have these two wrestlers who we haven't seen in a singles capacity before. Going ahead, dead first time Ami Serae, I think, still you know working on parts of her game, but she had a she had a tournament that was I think really showcased what she can be as a wrestler, and you know down the line I'm sure this will be a title match.
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, both these ladies. Ami Serae just she's really coming into her own, considering the fact that um, I mean outside of stardom, I don't know too too much about Joshi uh, Wrestling Show. I've really never seen her up until the spring, and I'm just a huge huge fan of her, and this uh this match, the psychology was real simple. You have the size and strength of Ami Sori up against the speed of technique and say, and kudos to stardom. You have 13 matches here and you had three draws and they were all done different. Like you had the one time, you obviously get the one time limit, the one double count out, and then the phenomenal double KO <laughs> yeah. and the red stars block there uh, with the tag partners. But I thought this was really good. It was a really simple story. They didn't overdo anything. But like, even when Ami like Finley rolled, uh, Sai Kamatani on the top of the ramp, and I'm like, know, oh, that's like a football field away. Can they get down there? And just in the cadence of the count from the ref, I think Daichi was their ref here was just so spot on. And that's just like, there's a Say goodbye
1: to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
3: People don't realize that when you have a match, it's more than just the wrestlers. If you have a ref and the ref is competent, obviously in stardom, they, they sh- certainly are. Use it to your advantage. And the way that they brought that count in, they literally did three false finishes on that 20 count. Because you're like, is going to get in. No Ami's going to get in. No, Saya's going to get in. Now they're both going to get in. Then nobody got in. Because I was sitting on the edge of my seat for a count out. For yeah. a countout, and that's just the genius of just really how Ami and Saya were able to work that. Like, Saya Kamatani is hands down my number one wrestler of the year. She's, she's leapfrogged, leapfrogged Siri, she's leapfrogged Will Ospreay, she's leapfrogged Okada, the whole nine. She's my wrestler of the year. And here it is. She got me biting on a countout. Like, how genius of a wrestler are you? And you're only wrestling like three years. Like, literally, the sky is the limit for Saya Kamatani.
2: Yeah, it's scary to think that she's still probably far from being a finished product in ring. Uh, she's gonna keep growing, she's gonna keep improving, and like you said, sky is indeed the limit. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Mayu Yutani versus Starlight Kid. I'm gonna say it now. Uh, you know, I I rewatched this one because see, this was this was the match on the show that I couldn't stop thinking about when the show was over, and. Maybe it's because, you know, Mayu Utani is my favorite wrestler of all time. That could be part of it, and I, I fully admit that. No, it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't hurt. hurt. Doesn't I, hurt. Think Star, and I think Starlight Kid's just been, you know, phenomenal in this tournament of really becoming more of, you know, again, uh, for this, this term was a lot of finding who you are, I think, as wrestlers for some of the younger talent, right? Like, we know who Maya Utani is. We know who Julia is. We know who Utami is, but... Mirai, Starlight Kid, like these two, I think really use this tournament to show what they're made of as singles wrestlers and why they're so popular and why Sky, of course, is the limit, like we were saying with Saya Kamatani. Um, and this match, you know, they, the Mayutani Starlight Kid story for me is, you know, the best story because it's so simple, right? Starlight Kid moved on from Stars. She went to a way to tie, she stayed in a way to tie because she wants to get to the same place that Mayu Yutani is. And the only way she can do that is by beating her. Yes, Starlight Kid wants to win the Wonder of Starm title, the World of Starm title, and she will. She will. There's no doubt in my mind she will. But beating Mayu Yutani is how she gets to that level. And Mayu Yutani, this is the best part, right? Mayu Yutani wants her to get to that level, but she's not going to hand it to her. She's never going to hand it to her, right? You saw it within seconds, I think, the first exchange, and then they stop and look at each other, smiling. They're like, all right, this is how it's going to go. 13 minutes go by. Starlight Kid hits all of her new moves that she's learned over the past year, right? Since they last wrestled, except for the Eternal Foe. I think that's worth noting. She was not able to hit that Eternal Foe, but she hit the Black Tiger, you know, pile, the pile driver that I can never remember the name of. Um, she has the Numero Dose, which I think has just been a phenomenal addition. To her game, the submission work and the and we would talk about that with Mina of like the dragon screws and that has just been fantastic addition. And that struggle that Mayu had to get to the rope, it's like genius. You know, you know Starlight kid, genius. She's, she's this close, but she's still not even there. Um, and then Mayu catching her with the tombstone and ultimately pinning her with the uh, dragon suplex hold in the end. Uh, just it, it was fantastic storytelling, fantastic action. It was one of my favorites, and like you said at the very beginning of the show, might be your favorite Starlight Kid match of all time, might be mine as well. I think I think these two hit an absolute home run, and the day that Starlight Kid finally beats Mayuritani will be a very, very special day.
3: I think the day that she beats her, I think that's when Starlight Kid turns babyface. She's already there pretty much already. Like she's yeah, pretty much already like, how do you boo somebody that good? Right. But like, well, yeah, when it comes to like, I'm mean, obviously this match. I mean, you hit you know, you right out of the park, Scott. There's really not too much I can add, but yeah, this match was absolutely fantastic. And I get a a lot of younger wrestlers that'll ask me for advice. I'm like, who do I watch for selling? And, uh, there, I, there's always four people. And in order, I go Ricky Morton, Ricky Steamboat, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Maya Iwatani. I think Maya Iwatani is the fourth greatest seller in the history of wrestling. And, and, My main reason is you watch the way she sells in that match, especially when Starlight Kid locks on that Black Tiger leg crusher. We've seen people get out of it only pretty much by going to the rope. But when Starlight Kid works it and they're working back and forth and then she does that spot where she takes her foot and puts the heel over the throat, people either tap out or they pass out. And the way the camera angle was, Mayu's eyes just slowly started going down. And again, the ref was absolutely perfect here because he grabbed Mayu's arm to see if he was out. And then the way the ref turned his shoulders looked like he was going to turn to the bell. And I was like, oh man, this is how it's going to end. And then literally Mayu's timing and the psychology on her selling here. And again, knowing where the camera is, all three of those things just lined up so perfect for her. And the fact that she is Mayu, one of the greatest of all times, you know, still in her prime, one of the greatest wrestlers in any company, you know, in any country, you know, male, female, I don't care. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Literally opens up her eyes. She scoots over a little bit, waits till she gets the crowd right where she needs it. She literally milks the crowd right waits till they get right to the peak. She opens up her eyes, scoots over a little bit, gets the ropes in the crowd pops huge the crowd psychology on this on mayu is just absolutely genius and as good as this match was with the the you know all the moonsaults and the eternal foe getting getting reversed into the uh the, the karana and the beginning spot with the two of them doing high speed offense going back and forth and knowing how to how to beat each other and the fact that mayu couldn't get the job done with the moonsault so she quickly went to the two-stage dragon as good as all that was and it was fantastic. My favorite part of that match was the struggle for Mayu to get to the ropes and know when to get to the ropes. Yeah. It's just genius psychology. It's making an excellent match, an all-time match. If I'm going to give throughout the Dave Meltzer star ratings, this was five stars for me, and it was a lot of that was based on that selling.
2: Yeah, it, it, their like I said, their story, their knowledge of one another is it's it just brings them that extra mile, right? Because I think I think what we saw with this match and the next match is we saw, you know, two former friendships, right, collide. And they're very different though, because one of them was out of anger and rage, which is the next match. And this one's out of trying to trying to prove you're at that level. And the more time that we get to spend watching these two go at it um and, and learn from one another, the the luckier we are. Lucky we are as fans. Uh, but I think you nailed it on the head of that struggle really, really showcasing the best of both, right? And and the how close they are. It's just that more than anything, it's like, you know, you, you look like you had Mayu, but you so still close. didn't. He, he's so so close.
3: close. Yeah, she's um, still the GOAT.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Julia versus Suzu Suzuki, a match that is, you know, I say nine months in the making, but it's many more years in the making. Nine months in the making in stardom, right? Because that's when Suzu came in, but many more if you date back to their time in Ice Ribbon. And really, how Julia left stardom, I mean, left for stardom and has become just, you know, one of the biggest wrestling stars in the world because she bet on herself. And Suzu Suzuki, someone that, you know, she just kind of misses her friend, her sister. She felt broken by that. And and just the way this match starts out with them crying across the ring from each other. I don't think anyone was ready for that. I don't think anyone s- predicted tears coming from either of them. Because, you know, this whole story has been Julia being so serious and so strict. And, like, you know, she kind of, I won't say no-selling Suzu's importance and care. But she's been, like, yeah, brushing it off. And then the moment they step in that ring, it's like, all right. You see it, you feel it, and and this match, you saw it, you felt it, you you understood. It, it was the, my best way of explaining it. It's like it's when two siblings are mad at each other and they just got to fight it out, right? Because in the end, they have this incredible battle, and then they're embracing. They they their types of personalities where they're not gonna like full out hug and whatnot, but they're like, okay, there's love here, right? There's love here, There's care here, and I think. This was like the perfect way for Suzu Suzuki to complete her tournament, right? She she is the outsider who was had a chance had a chance at the finals with this match. She wasn't able to win, but she didn't lose either,
3: right? She, didn't lose, she, didn't, she didn't, yeah. She didn't lose the overall winner, you know. She didn't lose on the lose final night. The
2: and there's there's of course future implications, I'm sure there, which we'll see uh, eventually, but. Uh, Julia, you know, she started off her night with this absolutely fantastic, physical, emotional war that, you know, it, it, it's so good that you just got to see it. And you got to see this whole show. That's the whole point of me and Matt recording this is we're not trying to tell you what happens so you don't have to watch it. No, we're trying to hype you up so you do watch it if you haven't. Because like we said, show of the year, this match really Really emphasize why stardom's at the top of their game. They're bringing in people that aren't even part of their roster, having such important, such major matches and it is working out so well. These two absolutely killed it. Do you think uh
3: when Suzuki when she cut the current of this match was over, Rasio Gawa handed her a check and a, a contract? I think it's oh, just I'm a sure. matter <laughs> of time for her her and Risa Sarah full time at Stardom. I mean, that's it's it's the easiest signing in the world. I mean it yeah, really I is. Think,
2: I think the contracts probably been signing there since the moment they walked in. They're like, "Do you want to sign it now? Do you want us to circ? Do you want us to put another zero? Yeah, <laughs> just like it, it. Yeah, you're right. It's the most no brainer signing, and it's probably just a matter of time before they just finally say yes. And because uh, they fit in so well, they fit in yeah. so well. This this tournament really showed that.
3: And they the two of them will fit so well with the already stacked tag division they have. I mean, obviously, right. it, it, it's pretty clogged up in the red belt and white belt scene. I mean, especially coming out of this tournament, it's like, now we're going to add Mina and Hazuki to them. And rightfully so. They deserved it, but so it's like... If we're going to sign Risa and Suzu full time, you know, what do we do with them? You know, you throw them in the singles matches. Obviously, this is a return match here. Reese and Sarah will probably get a title shot against Sherry because of, you know, what, what, what we'll talk about in a little bit later. But why not throw them in the tag division? Who doesn't want to see Reese no. and Suzu versus, you know, Mike and Himika or Tam and Natsupoy or, you know, uh, Kid and Momo again, on and on and on. But my main takeaway from this match, obviously big fight feel. You know, you talked about not only that big fight feel, these two, th- these two now everybody on the show not but specifically these two felt like such huge stars on their entrances i mean they did star did a great job Investing money into that giant jumbotron, it very mm. felt like very much WrestleMania feel. It felt very much, especially in the main event, which we'll, we obviously we'll get to, like very much like a Tokyo Dome style entrance. And the two of them just came out as huge stars. And Suzu just laser focused. Like yeah. if you're in, if you're in the ring and you're waiting and you're seeing that, you're like, oh jeez, like this isn't going to be a good day <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like, I hope I you know, yeah. I hope my life insurance is paid out. Just like Suzu, she just has that death stare, very much like a, a Katsuhori Shibata, where it's like you see him come down the ring and like, ah, jeez like, I really, this guy, like, are you kidding me? But I mean, uh, so yeah, you have the, you know, the, the crying thing and it's just, just the emotion and you hit it right on the head, you know, with the, uh, you're kind of fighting your siblings because you kind of have to, but my main takeaway from this match is the way they built Suzu up in this tournament. And again, a lot of us had Julia predicted to uh, win the whole tournament. And then we were kind of confused when she dropped the first two and Hizuki Hizuki mania was running wild. As I like to say, but the way they built Suzu up where she would hit the tequila shot and then right afterwards she'd stay on the neck with either the stalling German or the locomotion German. And she beat pretty much everybody with that combination. So she slips out of Julia's um, – I think Julia was going for the glorious driver. She slips out, she mm. hit the German, the tequila shot, and then she hits the two Germans in a row. And I'm like, well, nobody's kicked out of this in this tournament. Is this yeah. is how this is going to end? And for a half a second I thought – Suzu was going through, and then Julia kicks out, and the two of them have a little brawl, and then they go to the time limit. But that was just a genius thing. Where if you've been watching this tournament every match, and again, we're talking, we keep saying you need to watch this show. You need to watch this whole tournament. Like, I know it's 20, it's 20 nights. If you had, you know, you need to watch this whole tournament to fully appreciate it, especially what happened here with Suzu. Again, she's been beating everybody at the the tequila shot, German suplex combination. She hits it here in the biggest match, not only the tournament, probably of her life and she can't get it done because this is the biggest match and Julia's pretty much probably her career in order for her to advance and Julia kicks out. So even though if it ended at a time limit drop and Scott, kind of, I don't know if you're a fan of MMA or or whatever, but like okay, so if they go to the three rounds or five rounds, it go to judges decision. If this match went to judges decision, especially based on that finish with her eating all those suplexes, yeah. Suzu would have want would would have won and went what would have went through, which is now great because you know we're getting a return match and whether it's between now and um Dream Queendom, or when I think pretty much everyone expects Julia to win their red belt and she rightfully deserves it. And that's gonna be the best thing for business. You have a uh, you have you have so many return matches for Julia coming out of this tournament between now and like next May. You have yeah. so much stuff that you can do with it. Like her title reign is ready made already. And by the way, Julia's really, really good. That doesn't hurt either.
2: <laughs> yeah, she is. She uh I think you hit the nail on the head there. No one deserves it more right now than her and uh i like i like the mma comparison if it it came down to a decision she may not have been moving on yeah uh, if i was a judge
3: i would have put it to susan
2: yeah which is a great way to uh move forward because that way uh we will await what happens but they have another huge match um on the horizon it's just a matter of when um all right, so we get to the red stars block here. We actually we actually really already talked about Momo Kogo <laughs> Unagi. Um, but happy Unagi was able to get a win here. Um, of course, we are recording this the same day. That seems like she's going a little bit freelance uh, moving forward as she tries to prove herself. That that seemed to be the theme of the video. That after having such a tough five-star, she wants to travel around and try to show that she can grow and Built herself back up She did say she's still a member of the Cosmic Angels She still gets stardom in her bio So it doesn't seem like Unagi Sayaka is leaving full time Or anything but it does seem like She will be f- skipping The tag league She will be skipping The upcoming pay per view And it looks like she will turn her um She'll turn her mindset to Outside for a little bit which is very interesting But uh, still nice to see her Get the win here
3: yeah. You know, best of luck to her. Obviously, uh, I was really looking forward to her and Mina as a tag team. Uh We get Mina and Saki. Obviously, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was getting I talked about earlier, like God, they were put in the worst spot. Maybe just mm-hmm. because like, you know, this is at a spot where it's just like you got 13 matches to do. If I'm going to go to leave to go to the bathroom or get a beer mm-hmm. or popcorn or whatever, this is going to be the match. And like I said, the bell rang. And these two were like, we got nothing to lose, and they went all out. And I thought Momo Kogo for being a replacement because she was tech. Remember, mm-hmm. she was Tekla's, uh replacement. I thought Momo Kogo had a really, really solid tournament, and I thought this was—it's a, a match that not a lot of people are going to talk about. You know, when it comes, especially when it comes to this, how great this tournament was and how great the show was. Yeah. But I think these two went out there and they left it all in the ring, and you know that you always get a standing ovation from me if you go out there and bust your ass and leave it yeah. all in the ring. And that's what these two ladies did with the time they were allowed.
2: Yeah, they did. They did the most they could. Um and you appreciate that sort of effort from them. Um all right, let's talk about the next match. I don't know. I think we might talk about this match longer than the match lasted, but uh Saki Kashima defeated Azumi in I believe 45 seconds to officially eliminate Azumi from the tournament, uh via revival, of course. Uh, you know, the, the most deadly move in all of professional wrestling. Uh she she beat, I think, every top contender in this tournament. Saki did. She finished with 12 points. Uh, which might I probably the most point she's ever had. Obviously bigger blocks now, but uh still awesome showing from her, I thought throughout. She was she is the best spoiler in wrestling, best tournament spoiler you've got in the game, right? She can beat anyone at any time. She can lose to anyone at any time. But the way they did this here i i don't think i could have done it more perfect yes you would love to see azumi on her birthday have more of a match with the new you know she was all decked out in new gear and all this stuff but you know saki kosh had other plans she had other plans she had she had to move on in her day right she had to uh she knew she knew her friend was coming back later in the night so she had to uh prepare for that to watch from a horizon she wanted to get it over with um but really fun Match, even though it was 45 seconds,
3: It yeah, that just goes shows you how good these two. And we saw Zumi and Momo, uh, Watanabe in the uh, in the first round. First, yeah, I believe it was the first round of the Cinderella, they went less than three minutes. And I was, I remember reading the result, and I was like, really? And then you watch her, wow, oh, that's really good. And then I remember getting ready for church. It was just Cinderella. It was a Sunday, and I read that Mayu got beat by Saki in like 30 seconds, and I was like, are you kidding me? Are you (laughs) kidding me? And then I watched the match, and I'm like, oh my, and it got a pop. And again, that's what, at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want that crowd reaction. So again, you know, we talked about this giant screen, right? So you get this giant, phenomenal, you know, Titan Tron, whatever you want to call it. Azumi comes out. She's got the, you know, the purple robe. She's got the purple hair. her, Her Titan Tron screen, it's like a purple roller coaster or whatever it is. And she just come with that theme music and she just comes up as such a huge star. And and my wife, lit, my wife's prediction for the tournament was Azumi winning the red star block. And I thought, ah, nobody really has that. It's mostly you, Tommy, uh, Tam, and some people have Sherry, but she was like the only one that was like dead stack on Azumi, And I was like, I told her that obviously she's not crazy. Like me, she wasn't getting up at 2. am to watch the show. Uh, <laughs> but I told her, I said, yeah, if has got a really good shot at winning it, So Azumi comes out, the whole thing, big star power, and then she takes her robot and she's got new gear on her birthday. And I'm sitting there on my couch at 4 or 4.30 in the morning, whatever it is, and I'm going, I don't know how my wife does this. She's never watched wrestling until we got together, you know, 13, 14 years ago. And whenever we do, like, predictions on the G1, she beats me, she beats my friends, she beats friends of mine that work for AEW the whole nine. Like, I'm like, she's going to do this again. She's going to – I can't believe this. And I literally tweeted out, Azumi has new – Good, good, good for Azumi. She got her own birthday present with uh, a new robe. And next thing I see is they're trading. Well, they did a good job. They traded each other's finishers in the beginning, yeah. like Azumi. So they, I thought that was really cool. And then it was over. And I was like, wow, how about that? I was like, well, maybe <laughs> they figured, well, they're going to give Azumi a nice, easy paycheck
2: <laughs> yeah. in
3: front of 2,500 fans, whatever it was. You know, give- yeah, I was like, oh. I was like, well, at least she didn't have to do much new gear the whole night. And what a red hair just for Saki Kashima. To literally hit probably the most dangerous move in all of stardom. You know, you can take your Peach Thunder, you could take your Vermilion World, you can take in all the submissions that Julia does. I think that the the uh the win percentage when Saki Kashima hits the uh the revival, the Kishikasai, it's insane. It's like literally the most deadly finisher in all of wrestling, because all it takes is a three count. Whether I drop you on your head or I roll you up, you know, and they did a great job building uh building yeah. Saki up here.
2: Saki so- laughs at the idea that the one-winged angel is stronger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she doesn't she care that the. Pecul- oh, that's only been kicked out of once. Yeah, well, I win every match with this. So
3: I would, I uh, would love to see her and Suzu Suzuki have a death match where, like, Suzu is just pounding on her. She goes to hit her with like a, a light tube, and she ducks, and then she puts uh... in the kishi
2: it. The- <laughs> I think that'd that would be, great. be <laughs> oh, man. And, and Saki, if she wants it, she has a high speed title match opportunity yep. now, which um, it feels like will have to be a must after that. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Even though Saki seems very, very determined. i like, eh, I don't know. You know, if she beats Shuri, she's like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to face her ever again. <laughs> you know, if she, you have a world title match possibility. You're like, nope, I'm done. I don't want to face her. I'm good. Uh, so that's the greatness of Saki there. Uh, moving on here, Koguma versus Utami Uh All I can remember from this match, and for good reason, is the finish. The finish was beautiful, right? Utami going for that BT bomb, put her through the put her through the mat, and Koguma hits a perfect Yoshi tonic to win the match. Uh, really good stuff here. I thought it was the best match of Koguma's tournament. I think she showed up big time. She had new gear. I believe this was new gear. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful new gear, you know. They were tossing each other with German suplexes, but that Yoshi Tonic, I can't, I can't stop forgetting about. I can't stop thinking about it. it. Was it was it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic way to end this. Shocking Utami in the end, who you know was a win away from representing the Red Stars block.
3: Yeah, Utami was my pick to uh, to win the tournament, which I think we we talked about uh, before uh, online. But yeah, I mean it was a really good, solid match, and then um, it went all King's Road. And all Japan nineties is my favorite era of wrestling by meaning like when all Kings Road is cool. Kog, Koguma's throwing some really good German suplexes. They were solid as they always are. She's fantastic at that. And then Tommy just hits the one. And I think it was one that I think even Masao was looking down and was like, Oh, geez, yikes. Dude, take it. You know, the, the spirit of Antonio Noki was definitely felt during this show because there was some crazy stiff shots, great submissions. You had Kings Road, you had fighting spirit, you had, uh, you Know Nokia's, you had a lot of that in this show, but yeah, and then uh, then after she launches her with that disgusting suplex, that when she gets up, then she channels Stan Hansen and hits her with this brutal lariat. Ugh. And then it's like, okay, now it's time to put, put you away. And that's the way you, Tommy,'s been putting people away, not in this tournament, but a lot with her title run, is like she'll hit a couple of big moves and then she'll go to the BT bomb or the Torque Shirek bomb, but yeah, and then uh. I think she kind of figured, well, since I just all Japan this girl twice in a row with the German and the clothesline, I may as well take an All-Japan-style bump to return the favor. But, yeah, that was just, like, spot-on. She just, like, stuck right in the mat, like a gymnast. Like, just stuck the landing right in the mat. I was like, oh, jeez. And I'm like, oh, geez, upset win. Didn't see that coming. But, yeah, Koguma had a good tournament, not a great tournament for how consistently great she's been all year. I thought, like, her tournament was kind of just, like, meh. And then she comes out with this, and I was like, well, you know, the biggest show, you know, the biggest crowd of the year, you're going up against the ace, you know, uh, in the leader of Queen's Quest, and you throw an absolute banger like this. So, yeah, two thumbs up for Koguma. Yeah, this was this this was solid, especially that finishing sequence.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tim Nakano versus Saki. Tim Nakano with a win would, you know, she controlled her destiny. She would just need Shuri to lose at that point. Uh, and guess what? She did. She beat Saki. Uh, their first singles battle together, of course, they are, you know, part of Cosmic Angels together, you know, when colors join the group. um, Cool to see them in there. I thought this might have been Saki's best match of the tournament, either this one or the one with Shuri, I believe. Uh, I thought she had a good showing. To me, it always felt like it had to be Tam. You know, once Utami, once Utami lost, you were just sitting there like, all right. This is Tam's time, right? It's Tam's time to win this block. Go on to face Julia. It's a match made in heaven. It's almost, it's near perfection. Um, and I thought it, ultimately that's where they went, and it was the right choice. Um, this match again, very solid wrestling. You know, no complaints here. It was in a weird spot too because you had the next two matches, and it's like, all right, we'll see what happens. But um, good stuff.
3: Yeah. And it's always tam time in my household, Scott. I'm just Uh,
2: yeah. Always riding the tam road. Yeah. Gotta live that. Gotta,
3: gotta do that tam road. I, it, literally at a point where I use the violent shooting as a comeback spot in my matches. And as I do it, I yell tam road. And I don't think anybody gets it, but it just, it just pops me. It just pops me. But, um, uh, but yeah, this was really solid um th- again you're not gonna you don't want these girls, go, these girls to go too too long i think there's a better match in them if they get a, a three or four more minutes but again we got 13 matches and we're trying to keep tam somewhat healthy because julia probably didn't come out of her match with Susan suzuki you know uh she came no. out with probably that a little little banged up but i was a big fan of that fact that tam had to use five violent shootings to uh-huh. uh to wear uh sake down until she hit the violent screwdriver for the pin but yeah this is really solid and Again, Saki was kind of a question mark going in. Well, she was she was legit the uh, the last person that was announced. A lot of people thought it was going to be Kari. A lot of people thought it was going to be Takumi Aroha. I'm sure you had you know your uh, your picks on who you wanted to be. And when they found out it was Saki, I was kind of like, Oh well, okay, let's see what you have here. And I thought she had a solid outing. I thought the Sherry match she had was the best. The Utami match was the second best, but this one was right in the mix. Uh, you know, you had the three big stars in that block: you know, Sherry, Utami, and Tam. I thought you, uh, Saki, I thought she showed up really well for each one of them, and again, she's one of the many uh, competitors in this tournament that are coming out a lot better than she was going in, so I was a really big fan of Saki in this tournament, and I think she wrapped it up uh, really nice with this match with Miss Nakano.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, We we, we close this show with three matches of just, you know, high stakes, um, a first-time-ever match, a former... World of Stardom title match And of course the final So here we go Micah Jamaica, first time Ever lots of excitement here going into This one Uh, both of them coming In with 14 points of course Um, A win makes it a little bit cloudy On what happens but I thought they I wouldn't Have done this match any differently I think that's my best way of looking at it I think they booked this to perfection Truthfully I think, you know, having neither of them able to beat each other is perfect, right? You don't want, you know, these two are tag team partners. They're they're treated on the same level in DDM, um, and they know each other so well. So seeing one of them win would have been odd, I think, in a lot of ways, right? It would have been weird to see one of them get the better of the other. And I'm sure there will be a day that happens. But right now, I thought, this this was as much of a powerhouse battle as you'd hoped, right? Them just absolutely destroying each other with Lariats back and forth, back and forth, just uh. Oh, the 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 speed and the power that they put into their moves, it was it was it hurt to watch. It just hurt to watch, right? All they're doing is running into each other. There might have been more physical things on this show, right? I mean, we watched Julia hit a headbutt on Su Suzuki and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I walked away from this one be like, you know, it's a good thing they don't have to wrestle again because they left it all out there. They left it all out there. Hameka uh, kicked out of the Michinoku driver number two, which was a big spot there. Never, didn't expect that. Of course, uh, Micah has added the spinning one. In this tournament which seems to be her new you know ultimate finisher but uh the double knockout was uh, a class finish for this
3: And done with two forearms too you figured yeah. you figured if 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 someone if you missed this match and you found out this match ended in a double knockout you're like that's great but in your head you're probably like it's got to be lariats right you yeah. figure that's the way it's going to be but they went with forearms which is perfect for the way this was set up but yeah, again, kind of going into the Saida versus Mirai match. You you go to a steakhouse, you order a steak. You make a steak <laughs> and this was a delicious steak because this was fantastic. This match, I think I wrote down my top 10 matches. And I literally, I wrote it down, and I was like, I'm not going back to it, because it's so hard to do top 10. Players, yeah.
2: Like, to a point 157 where. 157 choices.
3: Yeah. And, and it, again, <laughs> there wasn't, to me, there wasn't a bad match on it. Like, there was good to, like, match of the year, match of the year. But, um, yeah, this is definitely ranked in the the, uh, the top percentage. But this, yeah, this was terrific. I was also a big fan. Not only, again, this was, it was almost like a little bit of the Sayida versus Mirai match where the, the two of them were close on each other on the outside where they're like, let's just do shoulder tackles on the outside. Ugh. And then Micah was like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the Harley Ray stalling suplex onto the outside. Now, granted, there's a mat there, but let me tell you folks, from somebody who has two deteriorated discs in their lower back from 20 years of pro wrestling, those mats only do so much.
0: They only <laughs> They only
3: take away so much. But, so then she hits the, uh, she hits the Harley race stalling suplex on the outside. And then Micah, uh, uh Himika, excuse me, fires up and she hits a belly to back suplex on the outside. Then the two of them go back and forth. And then Micah hits the stalling Tomohira East style, uh, superplex onto, uh, you figured, okay, she's going to hit it because it's going to be a cool visual, but I didn't expect her to do the stalling for that long. That just goes, shows you the core strength and the core power that, uh, that Micah has. And then, yeah. um, I believe. Somewhere towards the end of the match, I believe it was a JP coaster that uh Micah kicked out of, and then Himika goes to the top rope, and I'm thinking, what are you going for? Like, what was she possibly going for? And you know she's getting cut off, and I think she tried for a second one, and then uh, Himika flipped out and hit the concussion bomb, or that might have been the spot where she got uh, cut off for the superplex, but I'm sitting there going... We know what's gonna happen. Like you're not going for a 450. You're not doing a shooting style. Like what are you possibly going to the top rope for? Right. But you kind obviously you kind of just like I just kind of chuckled. You kind of just dismiss it because it's you have to like where are you gonna go transition to that next spot? But yeah, I thought this was this was great. And then yeah, nobody's kicked out of the Mijinoku for it. But however, Micah hits the Mijinoku, Usually when she hits it, you're already in pinning position. But yeah. with this, she hits it. And she was so beat up. It took her an extra three or four seconds to make the mm. cover. So you have to keep that in mind when you're talking about the psychology of the finish, keeping finishers, uh, you know, uh, keeping them, keeping the, the finishers safe uh, and protected where it's like, well, she kicked out. I'm like, yeah, but not a hundred percent because she waited a little bit to get the cover. And then they just blast each other with forearms. So the ref's like, yeah, we're going to call it a day here, folks. Yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. It's a match that if they ran back a month from now, I'd be okay with, but not because it's like, all right, I want to see them go back to be a tag team. I want them to to win tag league or have a nice run, and then I want to see them either win the goddess of belts back, or I don't think they're taking the belts off Tam and Poi anytime soon. Um, I think they should give them a big run. But again, another story for another day. But yeah, absolutely fantastic match. And again, it might be just a one-off. We will see it somewhere down the road, but I think you just have to, put those two back together as a tag team and just let them have a run. Cause they really haven't had any straight up tag matches this year. It's all been multi-person matches or defending the, uh, the artists with, uh, with not support. They were supposed to have that one with Mike and Himika versus Ami and Mirai. And then Kari got sick and it rearranged the whole, the whole card. So yeah, I think it's, um, going towards the end of this year and beginning of next year, let's uh, strap the the rocket to those two ladies and give them a, uh, a nice tag run.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're, they've officially been announced for tag league, of course, as a team. So hopefully that's where they can, you know, get back to it. Cause like you said, they haven't had many tag matches together this year. It's been a lot of, uh, and you know, DDM's been on the ropes a little bit, changing up a lot. So at one point, you know, they were teaming with the likes of Mirai and Shuri and Tekla and sure. Natsupoy. And now it's changed. Now it's changed. They were doing a lot of trio stuff early on, but now it's, now it's back to being about those two. And, uh, you know, you saw it, right? You saw it at the end when they got their awards, how happy they were, um, despite just, you know, destroying each other, <laughs> you know, an hour before.
3: You hit your friends harder. Scott. I always say on my podcast, yeah. they said you hit your friends harder. Afterwards, you buy each other a beer or, you know, whoever gets beat. Whoever whoever hit the most shots, they're the ones that buy the round of beer afterwards. So, and we know Mike sure. is a big drinker, so I'm sure there was several... <laughs> Several drinks going down after this show.
2: <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, the next match was the final match of the block action here. Shuri versus Risa Sarah. Shuri going into this as a champion, of course. A win puts her in the finals for the second straight year. Uh, but she's fighting someone, Risa Sarah, who knows her very well. Of course, they have the title match earlier this year. But, you know, they know each other from far more than just this title match and it proved it proved to be the case right uh very very this was this match was different from the rest of them and it's because of you know we had violent matches on the show right we had wars on the show but there was something about this one where it was very everything was stiff right everything had purpose in the fact that yeah i just want to hurt Right. I just want to hurt you. I want to hurt my opponent. And if I win, that's great. But I, I want to make you feel it. And I think that's something that these two really captured in both singles matches that they've had. Is that this match for Risa Sarah felt like the final proving ground for her, right? In in showing that how much of an asset she is or would be to stardom because she offers such a different Right. Like you go in there with Shuri, it's easy to be intimidated. Right. And Risa Sarah is not intimidated at all. Risa Sarah, if anything, is almost just as intimidating in some ways. And, you know, watching that red versus blue war, right. Cause they, they both wear their colors sure. all around. Sure. There's yeah. something special about it. And, uh, the, the finish of this match was definitely weird. Cause, you know, it's kind of, she kind of hit like a, quick air raid crash and then Pinder, in a lot of ways but it was more so supposed to be just a roll up type thing but i think it's the best way to do it because now you have a chance to run it back if you want for the title once again because now they're split at one apiece um but it also was a great way to eliminate shuri while of course leaving the champion looking as strong as ever
3: yeah um I, i i've noticed um Risa Saras in this tournament was very much, she, she wrestles very much like, like a Vitor Belt for or a Vondale Silver, you know, to go back to the MMA reference with the blitzing. She'll blitz you really, really big in the beginning. And even in the end, um, she'll always hit the combination where she'll, uh, hit the air raid crash, the sit out DVD, and then the bombs away double knees. And it's like, mm. she just hits like four or five moves right in around. I'm a big fan of that. Cause if you think about it, you know, if we're taking kayfabe out of this and it's supposed to be a real sport, if you have somebody down, you're not going to let them back up. You're going to hit them with a couple things in a row. And that's what Risa Sarah does. And it really made her stand out in this tournament. And you made a really good reference. And I didn't even point with the red versus blue, considering the fact that we have the red stars block and the blue stars block. So you just, you know, you just threw threw a little more thumbs up on this tournament, my friend, way to go. (laughs) But, uh, I was a big fan again. How Risa Sarah, anytime like like I think like Sherry had the game plan again. And nobody's more MMA in this company than Sherry. You know she's fought uh, in UFC before. She was the uh, uh, the Queen of Pancrase uh, Strawway Champion way back when. So she's got more MMA roots in this company than pretty much than probably pretty much anybody. And she knows that Reese Sarah is going to do that blitz. So she does that ground and pound takedown stuff to kind of set the pace, where she goes yeah. after an arm or a leg. And then they're going back and forth. Yeah, they're hitting each other very hard. Again, we knew we were going to get that. We got it. And we none of us were displeased. But then Reese's Sarah starts blitzing towards the end as they were getting to the closing moments of this match. And Sherry's just waiting for an opening. And she does. And she goes with the double wrist lock. And as soon as she's got the double wrist lock somewhat locked in, you can see Reese's trying to escape. So yeah. the old catch wrestling uh, technique is if you don't have the hold in three seconds, you don't have it, move to something else. So Shiri goes to the straight arm bar, the Jujigatami, she goes to that, and you think she has her, two or three seconds goes, Risa Sarah tries to spin out, and then she goes to the triangle choke, so then she has her, submission to submission to submission, big fan of that, and then she goes to the double arm bar, which then Risa Sarah, again, I don't know if she was supposed to give her an actual air raid crash, or she was just supposed to roll up, so it was like somewhere in the middle, and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that didn't go as planned, but... It didn't take me out of the match just because oh. again Reese is trying to blitz with her stuff, and in the end Sherry's like, "I'm going to counter it and I'm going to blitz you with all my submissions." Go ahead, try to get out of this one. I have another one that I can get into. You know the old catch wrestling technique Billy Robinson would always uh, say, would teach to his teach to his students was attack the body like a ladder, and that's exactly what Sherry did here towards the towards the end, and then she got caught again. Very much like Saki Kashima, only takes three seconds. So I thought that was good. a really good, it, I thought it was a really good finish. Again, everybody knows where we're going to on the 29th of December. Um, I, uh, they just announced that they're doing, uh, Micah and Sherry. And I think that maybe Sherry should have one more title defense and it should be this one against Reese there. No offense to Saki Kashima or Kogama, but if you're going to run something back from this tournament, we're getting the Micah match. Thank you, Stardom. And I think this is another one that you run back on the way to, uh, uh Dream Queendom.
2: Yep, I mean they do have the Utami match too. Utami did beat oh, Shiri as well. Oh
3: boy, yes. Oh jeez, well, there's only so know. much time. Between I was December. gonna say.
2: I don't. I don't know if they want to do it, but it is the big, there. Yeah,
3: that's the biggest match. Drawing wise, you're absolutely right. As much as I right. want to see those two matches, Utami and Sherry is the is from a drawing aspect up and getting into Julia. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. This tournament's so good, and I think that match yeah. finished, like, third on my top ten list, and I completely so forgot long about ago. it. Yeah, It, so long <laughs> it felt like it was last year. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and then here we are. The final. The final of the five-star Grand Prix. Tam Nakano versus Julia. Red Stars versus Blue Stars block. Uh... There's so much history here There's so much history between these two They're tied it to a piece In their singles history Which I think some people may have forgotten right? Uh, but for me This was always the perfect final And it's because Julia has been on a Road climbing back to the top Ever since she lost The Wonder of Stardom title to Tan Nakano right? Lots of roadblocks Lots of upsets Lots of just a tough time getting back there, right? Her head's shaved. She goes into the five-star Grand Prix last year as the favorite. Isn't able to finish the tournament. She gets injured. She returns, has an amazing match with Konami at Stardom Dream Queendom. And then this year has been full of ups and downs, right? Watching her lose DDM members left and right. Watching Mariah, someone she brought into the company, leave her for Shuri, someone that's she- Leaving, right, Shuri's pretty much breaking it off with her and breaking it off with DDM because she's like, all right, I can't do this anymore because we're going to go to war and we're not doing this anymore. Those two go to war. Julia just doesn't have enough. She can't beat Shuri. Shuri on top of the world. Moving forward again, Natsupoi turns her back on DDM and Julia, and Julia's left just asking why. Julia drops the first two matches of her tournament. It's all bad. And then she goes on the run, right? She goes on the run, win after win after win after win after win. But she's still looking for that first major win since losing the Wonder of Stardom tournament as a singles competitor. And she got it by beating Tam Nakano here in the final. A, It was a perfect final in a lot of ways because of that story alone. But the action and the excitement and just... It, it felt... As big a match as you could feel this year, right? Right. You see that you see them have those entrances to get walked down to the ring. Julia just feels like the biggest star in professional wrestling. Not the biggest star in you know stardom. Not the female star, star, yeah. Right. She is the biggest star in wrestling. You watch that entrance, no one's bigger, and you could see she had emotion, she was hurt, right? She was hurt. She had that match with Suzu earlier. That was a war, and she enters here. She knows she's going to go to war one more time with Tam Nakano. They're both bandaged up. Julia's hand is bandaged up. Tam's elbow is bandaged up, and then they go out there, and they kick ass. They kill it. Start to finish, just fantastic, fantastic Pro wrestling, fantastic storytelling, something Tam does so well. And I think when Tam is trying to tell the story of, I need this win, she can be untouchable. But this was Julia's. This was Julia's. It was destiny. It was her destiny to win this. Winning with the Northern Lights bomb. First time she brings it out all tournament long to get the win she tried it on Suzu earlier on she couldn't get it but she did get it here I think she won every single match with a different move too throughout the tournament which is just so cool and so special that you can do that uh, But once she hit that Northern Lights bomb right after they traded Glorious Driver and Violet Screwdriver they did it to each other one count you know they tossed each other German suplex they had that crazy uh, Tiger suplex from the top just Three minutes all these, in, yeah yeah <laughs> just all these crazy things, but that Northern lights bomb to win it, to end it. And you get that final scene where she's wearing her crown, wearing her Cape. You get, you get the Hanakimura flashback in a lot of ways because of, you know, that's who Julia's look is inspired by, you know, that's the reason Julia, I think connected with the stardom crowd because of her rivalry with Hanukkah And it all came down to this moment, this match, couldn't be happier that Julia is, one, the winner, and, two, going to Stardom Dream Queendom to face Shuri for that title. Assuming Shuri doesn't drop it, but I think uh, I think that is the match. That is the money match.
3: Yeah, I mean, literally, uh, you it's almost as if you read my mind, my friend. Literally, you hit that on the head, and probably 100 times better than I can ever put it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you literally have a year and a half of story here that they literally just all balled up. And they got on here, and they're going to ride this all the way uh, to the end of the year and rightfully so. I mean, nobody better. You have, you have a company that's growing like absolute crazy, like over 200%. And we still have October, November, yeah. and December to go to. So it's like you look at it. It's like, okay, well, who who? what do we do to keep this momentum going? And as great as Shuri is as champion, I think right now, it, it, this is very much reminiscent to um, the beginning of 1998 if you're a WWE, WWF fan, where everybody knew Stone Cold Steve Austin was winning the Royal Rumble and was beating Shawn Michaels for the belt at WrestleMania. Bad back or no back, that's the way to go. As great as a wrestler and champion, as dry as, as Shawn was, Austin's the guy to go to. This is as great as Shuri has done with the belt. And you're literally going from Mayu, all-time run, to Utami all-time run, Shuri, all-time run. And it's pretty much the worst kept secret in wrestling. It's going to go to Julia. And I'm sure how good Sherry and Julia are, there's going to be times at that match that we're going to be doubting. Like, oh, no, they're going to have Sherry win. Like, holy, holy smokes. And then, yeah. you know, like I said before, you literally have so much set up for Julia. You have Mirai because she lost to her. You have um, Momo. She lost to her. You have Hazuki. Yes, please. Because she lost to her. You have um, – uh, she drew with Suzu and – just think of somebody else I'm missing.
2: like uh, uh, She drew Mayu. Mayu. Oh, geez, yeah.
3: How can I miss that? She
2: can't the, – the The fun thing with Mayu is she, she has such a tough time beating Mayu, right? Like, yeah. they're – they're I think they're 1-1-3 one, one, and three against each other. So it's like
3: yeah. – so it's it's a ready-made storyline and then it's like you can build Natsupoy back up. That's still there. Yeah. You know they're gonna run her and Starlight Kid back together, but why wouldn't you? For all the buzz that match got for what happened in Cork and Hall, you know, just about a month ago. So you literally have so much stuff you can do with Julia, and then you're going to put the red belt on her. And then it's going to be an all time run. It's, there's no, not unless she gets hurt or, you know, I don't like saying that because I don't want to see anybody in any sport get hurt. It's the worst, but not unless like something crazy happens, you're literally going back to back to back with all time world of stardom title runs. There's no way that if she's wrestling Mirai and Mayu and Momo and if they run Shuri back and then obviously we all know the big matches, U Tommy somewhere down the line and then they can always they're going to build tam back up sometime in the spring and summer mm-hmm. and there's a maybe there's a chance Tan wins this tournament next <laughs> year and we have tam versus julia in the for the main event i you know i'm booking 14 15 months ahead but that's the way stardom books with their long-term booking there's no way this is any of these matches can miss because Julie's just getting better and her yeah. star power sky i mean t- i mean i know i'm crazy but tell me if you think i'm crazy it like her coming off this show it's very much how kenny omega felt after wrestle kingdom 11 like she's literally the talk of the wrestling world, and considering the fact that she's an all it's an all female promotion in Japan, it's absolutely startling. Like that entrance alone, like you know, and Tam obviously, you know, they pretty much gave Tam like the same entrance, and Tam's just she's fantastic. She's just on another level as well. But Julia just feels like she has that Carrie Von Eric it factor where nobody else can touch her. She's just on a completely different level, and by the way,
2: she's phenomenal in the ring as well. I mean, yeah, she she feels untouchable in a lot of ways right now. She uh, she is like like I said, she felt like the biggest star in wrestling on that entrance. Um, At the end of the show, when she won, she felt like the biggest star just that we've seen. Right. It, It was it was the culmination of a lot. She's right. Io Shirai level of
3: star power and stardom. And that's a big, I go, I think Io Shirai is the greatest women's yeah. wrestler of all time. I know you have my, you, I have my right underneath there, but as far as star power goes, I mean, EO was great. She was, as she was, is in the ring. She has that presence of star power mm-hmm. from the moment she cuts the curtain. And the For only sure. person that I've seen in 11 years of stardom that is even close to her with that is Julia.
2: Yeah. I think that's a fair comparison. It's, it, it's star power that, you know, breaks through the ceiling of sorts, right? Like some some, some wrestling fans have a tough time uh, venturing upon like one or two promotions that they love. Well, if you see Julia and you see what she's doing, you're going to be very interested, right? Because she is that star. She is that star that's going to open a lot of eyes. And I think she has. Uh, she's getting better and better and better. She is the best she's ever been. And she's going to win that World of Stardom title at the end of this. this. This was the end of what I think is, you know, I thought last year's tournament was the best tournament I've ever seen. And then they did this this year. And it's like, well if They're gonna just keep following up with the best tournament I've ever seen, then you know that's pretty cool.
3: It's only um, gonna get better. Look at all these people yeah. in this tournament a year from now. It sounds like Katie gonna be better a year from now. Yes, is Izumi? Yes, is Hana? I mean, geez, I mean, again, I know we're running long here, but gee, how about Hana? What a tournament
2: for her! I know. Unbelievable. We didn't get you know? To talk about her because yeah. she didn't have matches, she the match. Night. She, <laughs> yeah. she really grew throughout this whole term, and I, I think it's funny that we might be ending with Hana, but. You want to talk about people that are going to have that star power, have that chance to be as big as possible. I mean, Hanan's right in that conversation, right? Because w- just imagine where Stardom's going to be, right? When she's in the main events and where she, you know, when she's wrestling for those top titles. They're going to be at the level, they're going to be appreciated by more people by then than they ever will be. Sure. And it's going to be, if I already think they're the best company in wrestling. But I I think everyone is going to be on that uh, on that page by then. Right. And that's great for her. Right. That's why. But that's also why we say watch this tournament. Watch this whole tournament. You're going to see growth. You're going to see feud. You're going to see storytelling. You're going to see all out wars. You're going to see every little thing that these wrestlers did to make this the best tournament right for every for every all-star superstar performance that you had by the likes of a julia you had the growing pains and you had the learning of a Hanan. for every you know battle that you had you had the matches that were like the unagi and momokogos that you know they went out there and showed their heart and showed their passion for this even if you're not going to look even if people aren't going to look at it as the biggest match on the card they still went out there and delivered and i think that's really why this tournament was so special at the end of the day
3: yeah i mean this tournament had everything that you just said but they had the most important thing um Fans, me, you, everybody else, we got more than our money's worth. And if you do not, if you do not have a subscription to start them or not, grant there's 20, there's 20 nights here. So if you can't get through it in a month and it takes you two months, three months, you're still looking at 14, 20 bucks. Like it's less than like, it's like $7 a month. Yeah. Like for one of the greatest tournaments you'll see in wrestling in the last 30 years. The, I see, is that the infinity gauntlet that you have behind you there, Scott? That is. It okay. Is. I'm going to make a, a MCU, uh, an infinity uh, saga reference. Now, can you watch Avengers and Infinity War, maybe like one Captain America movie and Endgame and enjoy it? Sure, absolutely. But it's so much better when you watch everything in order and then you get to the final Endgame and you get to the scene. It means so much more. And that's the way this tournament was. I had so many people, so many of my friends were like, how do I watch the show? How do I watch? I said, you're going to enjoy the show, but you literally need to invest to all 20 shows to truly enjoy it, to truly enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I, before this tournament even started, I had people ask me, how to, where do I start with Stardom? I was like, this tournament. This is where you start with Stardom. Yeah. It's in a lot of ways a reset, but at the same time, it is a prolonging of so many other things, right? It is how you bring up old stories, how you continue new ones and start new ones. And I mean, we just talked about Shuri versus Utami happened on the second night of this tournament. And it's so easy to forget. Yet that was one of the biggest continuations ever because Tommy finally beat Shuri. Yeah, yes. with one second left. With one second. With left. one second left, and and that's why you have to, like you said, you want to be there for the journey. You want to invest in every moment here because it's so much more worth it when you get to this moment of Julia winning, right? We're all invested in the Julia story and the road. That's why I was able to talk about how she lost to Tam and then she had to shave her head and then she missed the tournament or she missed half the tournament last year and had to be DQ'd and came back against Konami and had that amazing, wonderful emotional match. And then DDM starts to break up and she had to fight Shuri and lose and Right, And then Natsupoi turns her back And she drops the first two matches in the tournament You invest in Stardom Because they invest In their fans right? They invest in their fans by giving you The stories you want to see The payoffs you want to see And just the best Wrestling action in the world It is, like you said Worth the $7 of Stardom World Every pay-per-view is worth the money Every every moment it's worth it because in the end you're going to get your money's worth. They never cheap you out. You always get more than you are paying for. Uh, and this tournament was the perfect, perfect way to showcase that. 100% brother. hundred percent. All right. Well, everyone, this was the Joshi dreamcast here on fightful over Matt, where can the people find you? Matt Turner OF
3: on the Instagram and or the Twitter and check out the uh, stardom cast um, over the stardom cast on Twitter as well. And for the Patreon episode uh, for $3, the white belt tier month, you get two bonus episodes. We just dropped last week. Speaking of Julia, my perfect time on this one. The Julia, a wonder of stardom title review where I go through all the matches she had for the wonder of stardom uh, championship. And then for the red belt tier members, uh, you get a weekly watch along every Monday, we drop a uh, watch along where I will watch a match and I will pick it apart and show you uh, the different things and psychologies about the match. And death. Well, today is Monday. So today we dropped the uh, final. we went back to four years ago. We went to uh, Utami versus Mayu and uh, that's five dollars a month. So you get everything the white belt tier Patreon members get. Plus you get a week weekly watch along with me. And uh, with the Goddess of Stardom tournament coming up, the two uh, bonus episodes that the white belt uh, tier members will get. Will be, I'll be reviewing the, uh, Arissa Hoshinki and Tam Nakano, a uh, 2019, uh, goddess, uh, start uh, uh, the, the goddess tournament run win and Momo Izumi in, uh, 2020. Yep, the next year. Uh, that, those will be, that's what we'll be dropping, uh, this month in the month of October. But yeah, guys, any questions, comments, the best way to get a hold of me is just hit me up on the DMs on Twitter. Once again, it is Matt Turner OF.
2: Matt, thank you so much for coming on here. Loved. Getting to talk to you about this show again. A fantastic show. And make sure everyone go check out the stardom cast. Matt puts everything he put into this episode, every single episode, and it's always an enjoyable listen because stardom, you know, stardom drives us, right? Drives us to be better in our own content. Um, and uh it's fantastic stuff. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Talk IWGP Women's Title Tournament. I'll be back to talk i don't know there's so much going on god is tag league right like I, I i was trying to remember it all there's so much going on yeah time, paper you just got announced yeah that. man Yep, and so much <laughs> other joshi content as well so until then everybody thank you and have a good one Be safe everyone